Hey, this is Scott Carty. Maybe you know me as the voice of Ned Nickerson from the Nancy Drew games. You know, try this. Hi, Nancy. Yeah, that's me. Welcome to the River Heights Buzz podcast. Thanks for being here. Welcome back, folks, to the River Heights Buzz Podcast. Listen, you thought you had enough of us. We're back again. You get a double feature this week, guys. Yeah, you guys are lucky. Oh, yeah. Hopefully you think of it as being lucky. I guess. Let us know. Let (laughs) us know what you guys think. (laughs) If we seem really giddy right now, guys, you'll know why. I think you all know why. (laughs) So this episode is episode 22 and a half. That's right. I said a half. Yes. (laughs) Tonight we're talking about message in a haunted mansion that's right one of the really um to me i mean this is game number three um no shade at games one and two but i feel like this right here is really where her interactive was hitting their stride i don't know how you feel about it yeah i think like after the first two games yeah that was kind of like getting them going on the track Mm -hmm. and then like starting with this one i agree it's just like it's like they get like that extra boost. Yeah, things are getting figured out. The graphics are getting better. The drawings themselves are getting better. It's just things are, are moving forward really well. Yeah. So, um, sorry, I just stepped away for a second to close the door. Um, but yeah, so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna finish our discussion about that. So um, Alexa, if you are ready to go, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So I will start us out um, by reading the synopsis for this game, which I have found on, you know, my favorite internet webpage, the Nancy Drew wiki page. So here we go. Discover who or what is behind the mysterious accidents in a house full of secrets. Nancy Drew's housekeeper, Hannah Gruen, asks Nancy to help assist her friend, Rose Green, in the renovation of a Victorian mansion in San Francisco. Rose is trying to turn it into a bed and breakfast, but mysterious accidents keep delaying the project. There may be other uninvited guests, visitors from the past, spirits who want the place all to themselves. Nancy suspects that there is another force at work, though. Greed. In a house full of trapdoors and secret tunnels, breaking glass and suspicious fires, one misstep and Nancy won't stand a ghost of a chance. There well, you go. Isn't that, a, isn't that a kicker? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to unpack with this one, um, despite the fact that I feel like it could be considered maybe one of the shorter games. But yeah. I mean, it's still, for me, this is one of my favorites. Um, so, How long did it take you to do this game, Candace? Um, this playthrough, I was probably at about, I want to say maybe two hours and 45 minutes, maybe closer to three hours, because, um, like we kind of discussed, uh, in the other episode of this, um, you said that you skipped through some stuff that you don't necessarily have to do, um, to complete the game. I tried to hit everything that was there. So a little bit of a difference in that. Um, and I played junior detective. I don't know what level you played. 
I did junior too. Okay. Yeah. Um, I tried to hit as many of the, just everything that I could just because, you know, like I said in the last episode, um, there are quite a few things in this game that you don't necessarily have to do in order to get to the end game. Um, but you know, we'll get there when we get there. Um, so, uh, first things first, um, when I started the game and we are in Nancy's room, um, first thing I did was walk out into the hallway and I found Abby's room. So yeah. she's the first person that I talked to. Um, she is probably my favorite character in this game just because she is so, um, I guess, mystical. Um, I guess it's probably a good word to, to characterize her with. Um, she very much believes in the supernatural. Um, that's kind of like her whole thing is uh, this the spirit realm and and all of that. Um, so she's kind of a mysterious character, and I, I really like that about her. Um, something that the It's Locked podcast uh, said when they discussed this game is that um, Abby just goes right for the jugular when she first meets Nancy. She really doesn't introduce herself at all. Um, she just goes right in and talks about how the spirits are interested in Nancy, and Nancy's kind of just like, oh, okay. Yeah. What, what do you say to that, you know? Yeah. Just like, um, a hello would be nice. Yeah, really. <laughs> it would be. Um, so after I spoke with um, Abby for a while, I went downstairs and I found my way to Rose, who owns the house. Um, she briefly tells us about these accidents and suspicious things that are happening, but I found her to be very short um, with Nancy. Uh, she didn't have much information at all in the house itself. Um, she wasn't super helpful with anything really. Um, she just like was all set, didn't have time for Nancy, just, you know, put Nancy to work right away. Okay, cool. Yeah. It was just like a little, like it would have been really helpful if Rose had information, mm -hmm. but like she didn't really have much. Like, at all. like really? Yeah. Once you want to know this, this information about the house that you're buying, I mean, I would, but that that's just me. Um, I should say this game is also based off of book number 122 by the same name, The Message in the Haunted Mansion. Um, I have read that book previously. It's been probably over a year since I've read it. Um, it is pretty similar to um, the game. Um, but one thing, have you read the book? No. Okay, one thing that I thought was interesting, um, and again, I, I know I reference It's Locked Podcast a lot, but um, they're one of my favorite ones to listen to. Um, they talk about how um, Abby and Rose are such very different characters in this game. Like, Rose is the one who, you know, um, like, they're partners in this, but it, it seems like Rose put, like, all of her life savings into buying this uh, Victorian mansion so that she can convert it into a bed and breakfast and um, she's the more serious mature one whereas Abby is kind of the one who has like her head in the clouds kind of a different scenario in the book they're not friends they're actually aunt and niece Rose is the aunt and Abby is the niece 
Um, so a little bit of a different scenario in the book. Um, so I thought it was kind of interesting that they changed it for the game, that they were just friends and not actual relatives. Yeah. So kind of an interesting dynamic, but, um, yeah, Rose doesn't have a whole lot of information about the house's history itself, but she does discuss, um, some of the accidents that have happened, uh, before the timeline of Nancy getting there. Um, so there's been like damage to the house. Um, there was scaffolding that I think, um, like got messed up or broke. Um, there's been like delays in receiving supplies, um, just various different things, pretty much one thing after another. Yeah. So and it's like, with all these different accidents going on, um, pretty much every single person, like character, physical character, blames Charlie. Yes. And yes. like, why? Just because he's the handyman does not mean he's to blame. Correct. Correct. So, <laughs> um, one thing that I did notice was that the rooms were beautifully decorated and they were all very different. So at least I myself, even the first few playthroughs of this game, I really didn't have a hard time um, of navigating where I was at. Um, but on the same side of the coin, it would have been nice to have like a different like outside location to go to. Um, because I mean, you're really limited to just the inside of the house. Yeah. Like I kind of wish that like I'm with, I'm kind of like with warnings at Waverly, you're, yes, you're in the one building, but you're actually able to go outside and look around. Yeah. See, I think that even if it was just like an outside scenario that, I mean, I would be happy with that. Yeah. It's I like, feel like there's some things they could have done with that, but that's okay. At least the house was different enough because I mean, if you think about it, you know, you've got the upstairs areas, you've got Abby's bedroom, you've got the dining room area where Rose is at, you've got the parlor, you've got the library, you've got that little main se seating area outside of the parlor, and you have the basement slash saloon area. So, I mean, there are a lot of places to go. It just would have been nice to get, you know, an outside uh, perspective too. Yeah. But, you know. Um, and so another, my... another thing, too, is like, I kind of wish that we were able to look at every single room in the bed and breakfast. Yes. Not just Nancy's and Abby's. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been um, interesting to see kind of um, like the rest of the theming that they were going for, because like clearly Abby's room wouldn't be a room that would be rented out. That's the room she lives in so it's a little bit different kind of decoration furnishing than the room that nancy is staying in which obviously would have been a room that would have been rented out um but interesting nonetheless um so like i said uh the first person i talked to was abby and my note here is that she's weird but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing she's just you know like i said kind of into this nature not a cult or anything like that, but like the supernatural kind of thing. And obviously our girl Nancy is not like that at all. Not even a little bit. So <laughs> kind of an interesting um, dynamic with that. But um, 
back to to my gameplay um so the next thing that i did was the bird inlay puzzle which is a pain in the butt <laughs> i had that one too it was like yeah. this one drove me nuts yeah this is uh this is a, a puzzle that I definitely, if you are playing on like a laptop, I suggest that you get like a mouse that you can plug in because I couldn't imagine trying to do it on like a mouse pad on a laptop because it has to be so precise where you place these puzzle pieces. Like it would drive me nuts. And once again, it's locked podcast mentioned that apparently there was a patch you could download if you were having like serious problems getting the puzzle done. It's this patch you can download from the website that fixes that. I, I, you know, day late and a dollar short for me finding out about it. But I mean, that's nice for people that couldn't get the puzzle done. Yeah. So. It took me like 10, 15 minutes just to get the thing done. Because I know. It's like when you put the pieces in, when they're in the right spots, it kind of like lights up. Yeah, so like, okay. the color to orange. Yeah. So then that way, like, you know that with the change of color, that's where the piece fits. And yeah. it has to have, like, no, like, you can't see any white around the pieces either. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's one of the more challenging puzzles in just because it has to be so correct. Um, but that one doesn't take the cake for me as far as most hated puzzle of the game. We'll get to that. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I did the puzzle. It took me probably 10-ish minutes to do. Um, and so uh, at this point, I just started walking around. Um, like I said earlier, this is not my first playthrough of this game. So I kind of like to just walk through and see all I'm going to see, um, which brings me to my next note. Uh, some of the creepy, like, paranormal, supernatural, using air quotes, um, stuff that happens can be explained, but some of it can't. Um, like the, um, that one table where there's like a bird that's like cut out and the neck moves. Yep. Like, how is that? How'd that happen? Yeah. Like, how did that? I don't know. Um, walking through the hallways sometimes at the end of a corridor you'd see like a shadow person go past or um like when you're walking past i think it's near where abby's room is where the mirror is on the wall and you'll see like a, a blonde girl walk past and you're like okay and i actually kind of <laughs> i don't know if we want to jump into this part now candace but i kind of have a theory about that um, well, I am going to get into Abby's room soon, so maybe we can save it for around there, because I think I know where you're headed with that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like I said, um, just from talking to the first few people, animation is getting better. The drawing is getting better um, all the way around. Um, for me at this point, this is when I ventured downstairs, because this is probably my favorite part of the um, whole house is the basement saloon area. Um, love that kind of history. That's just me personally love like the Western kind of feel um, to these, some of these games. Um, and then this is the first time that I talked to Charlie and um, I felt bad for him because I mean, you can tell his character kind of a young guy 
uh, late teens, early twenties. Um, and I mean, he's being blamed for all these accidents. Yeah. And, and, and where's everyone's proof? Exactly. I mean, it's really easy to, you know, point the finger at the guy who hasn't been there very long. The guy who just randomly showed up when he was needed, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but wasn't it Charlie and Lewis that just kind of popped up out of the blue? Yeah. Yeah. But I think Lewis explained it that he was, um, cause he's an antique dealer and he has his gallery. Apparently if you call it a shop, he gets mad a gallery of antiques. And apparently one of his clients had mentioned, um, Rose buying this house. And I think that, yeah, that's when Lewis just kind of randomly here I am. I'd love to help you. Antique dealer and air quotes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. For now. <laughs> um, so yeah, this was the point where I, like I said, I talked to Charlie, I kind of explored what I could, uh, <clears throat> of the basement while he was there because there's some areas you can't look at while he's there. You know, that's kind of standard um, for these games. Uh, like I said, love the saloon setup. I think, you know, once that is all renovated, it's going to be a, an amazing uh, space for people once they start staying at the bed and breakfast. Um, and then at this point was when I ventured back upstairs and made my way into the parlor and started looking around there. Um, looked at the box of papers that Rose had um, mentioned earlier when we first talked to her in the very beginning. Um, and then I'm curious if you did this, um, did you look like when you walk into the parlor and you go to the right, um, did you look at that desk? It's kind of, kind of like a roll top desk, but not at the same time. Like, did you look in that area? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Did you open all the drawers? I opened the one. So like if you're facing it straight on, I looked at the one on the left, but I don't think I looked at the other ones. So when you say the one on the left, you mean the one at the top where the drawer comes out this way, like long ways? No, no. It's like the... Or the actual drawer. So it's like the actual drawer that's like closer to the plant. Okay. Okay. Um, because I have, once we get there something to say about that um so this was one of the spaces where uh, i just took my time and i clicked on everything i looked at everything um heard weird noises you know that kind of thing the ghostly thing um and then at this point i walked through to the library and met um my least favorite character lewis oh. didn't like him right straight up like, I mean, just arrogant, right as soon as he opens his mouth, like he knows better than everybody. And I don't appreciate that. Not about that. You know who he reminds me of? Who? Taylor Sinclair. <laughs> the two of them should be buddies in prison. Ooh, I don't know which one I like least. Because <laughs> these are equally bad. I mean, they are, but it's like, Taylor for me has such a creep factor. Like I think, and that's what we talked about when we talked about Secret of the Scarlet Hand is that he's like greasy almost. He's a greasy slime ball. And yeah. 
Lewis is more like he's a creep, but it's just like he's pompous he's, and yeah. arrogant. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Taylor is not necessarily arrogant, but he's more, just more of a creep actor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, hate them both. Let's just say it, put it that way. Yeah. Um, so um Actually, no, now that I think about it, you know what? When I first went into the library, Lewis wasn't there. I got on his laptop first. I'm getting yeah. ahead of myself. I got on his laptop first um, and I did the maze game. And I was curious to know if you knew the cheat for that. I knew that you can get the map. Yes. So you can see where you're going. Yeah. And yeah. at first I was like, what? Like, I knew that there has to be a map, but it looks like which one do like which button do I have to push again and then it's like it's the M which yep. makes sense yes it does because once again showing all the love to the it's locked podcast when they did this episode I don't think either one of them knew about the cheat <laughs> so for all of our listeners the more you know when you're at the maze and I think that this works because there are a couple of games that have um this type of game on the laptop and the, as far as I know, pressing the letter M on your keyboard works every time. Yeah. There Much you go. Easier. So <laughs> there's one of your fun facts. Um, so um, the next note that I have is that I was always nervous walking around the corners of the house because there are so many instances, like I said earlier, of either hearing something creepy or seeing something creepy. Um, cause there was like at one point when I was walking, um, I think I was going towards the hallway to go to the dining room to see Rose and you see, um, a shadow figure go past the, um, stained glass door. Um, that one I think is tied with the one that scares me. I think the most of, uh, it's at some point when you're downstairs in the basement talking to Charlie and you're heading back up the stairs and the door slams. For me... Like the one, like the shadow, like the silhouette walking past, that one's creepy. But mm -hmm. I, I think it was, yeah, it was in the basement and Nancy goes back up, you know, she's going to go back upstairs and the door slams. Yeah. I think that was when Nancy was by herself after the, like by herself. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Because it was like. It happens at least once. Because it's like when that happened, I'm like, someone definitely must have been watching Nancy like poking around. Yeah, so it's like, oh crap, what did they see us do? And who was it? Yeah. Yeah. So like my my only thought like with the silhouette walking past was it could have been Charlie just grabbing materials from somewhere mm -hmm. and just like heading back downstairs. It moved awful fast though. Yeah. And then I feel like the shadow person that you see upstairs, like where the bedrooms are, I saw that one like four or five times. Right. What? Mm -hmm. I only saw it once, like in the like the mirror. Like I saw like just I saw, I saw the one in the mirror, the blonde girl. But then also like okay, so oh. down that hallway and the mirrors there around where the stairs are. Now yeah. I yeah now I know what you mean. What I that saw four or five times. Yeah. Now, now that you that that I did like I noticed that too. It's like yeah. a number of times where I saw that. And it's like I know it's gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen, and it still makes me jump. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. It's oh, just, well. It is what it is. Um, so now is around the time that I met um, Lewis for the first time. So that was the second time that I went into the library. Um, talked to him completely. I was annoyed because, like I said, he's just super arrogant the whole time. Um, whatever. I wanted to get my conversations with him done as quickly as I could. And then um, I think around this time, for me at least, it was time for the seance. Yeah. So um, I enjoyed uh, the aspect of doing the seance. Um, I think the scene could have maybe been a little bit longer. Um, I thought it was nice that Rose was like totally not into it at all. I thought that that made it, um, I don't know if it necessarily made it funnier for me, but it made it more realistic that, you know, Abby's like so gung ho and really believes in this stuff, or at least makes it appear like she believes in the supernatural stuff. And then Rose is just like, can we get this over with? Like, I'm so bored. We have other things just to like, do. It almost seems as like with Rose is like thinking, Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, no, really. That's that's essentially what she's thinking. <laughs> um, so I did think that it was interesting that um, they made the glass burst. I thought that was a nice touch. And then seeing the, the blonde girl walk through, um, like past the mirror behind the bar. Um, thought that was pretty interesting. Um, the scene does end... Uh, more quickly than I would have liked personally, but that's just me. Um, and so then Nancy's back in her room and I think it was at this point that I went ahead and called it a night. Um, for me, yeah. I went back down to the basement and poked around. Yeah, I did that later on the next day. I'm using day as quotes because we don't really have like a, it's not like a final scene game where it's like you have this, this, and this to do in the first day and then it changes automatically to the second day. Um, this game is one of the ones where it's kind of like you play it at your own pace. Um, you don't necessarily have like a, a time, a real time constraint kind of issue. Um, but I did search the basement. Um, which brings me to um, another example of looking at something or doing something that you don't necessarily have to do. For the longest time, I didn't know that you could actually search the seance table. I did that. <laughs> yeah, I did it this time around. Um, but I mean, I swear to God, it was probably like four or five playthroughs before I realized, hey, there's a door in this table. Oh, that's where all this stuff is coming from makes sense yeah yeah not super observant but i got there finally so better late than never i guess um yeah. and then i think the next thing i did was um removing the tiles uh in the ceiling where this uh ladder is upstairs and I found the attic and searched that. And that was super creepy. And then when you're trying to escape out of there and the rope handle breaks, I'm like, super. This isn't nightmare fuel at all. But at least like, cause Nancy has the key. So the door is locked. How would anyone else get in? Yeah. Yeah. So 
So Nancy's like, and I think there isn't there like a window in there too. Yeah, I think there is. So Nancy could have her own daylight, and if someone, hopefully no one would have tried to break in afterwards, then yeah, Nancy would be okay. Yeah, except for she would need to eat and use the bathroom and yeah. sleep. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could sleep up there because it was really creepy. Yeah. Um, and then one thing that really annoyed me was that afterwards you go and try to tell Rose and she cuts you off. And so you never get to tell anybody about the attic. So it's like, once Nancy leaves, does anybody know? Yeah. Like it's, it's weird. Like Nancy tried. And plus two, there would still be like all those pieces scraped off the ceiling. So someone would have to notice that door. Exactly. So, and then I just hope that Rose isn't like, I didn't know there was this door here. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you dumb dumb. Nancy tried to tell you and you cut her off. She did. <laughs> she did. Like, uh, her loss. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, this is when I went back downstairs. So I just, like I said, I like the saloon area. So I went down into the basement several times just because I enjoyed it. It was a vibe for me. Um, this was when I found that you could go under the fireplace and uh, as long as you had the uh, lantern you could go and find like the area behind that mirror behind the bar and find where Charlie was sleeping uh, that for me that like it was the first like couple times I played the game that like I found that out this time I actually didn't do that but yeah. I had the lantern the first time that I realized that that was where Charlie was staying, it like blew my mind. Yeah. I was very surprised. And then here are my issues. So you go in there and you look through his stuff and you realize whose stuff it is and you find his disc. So then you go to Lewis's computer when he's not in the library, you put the disc in, you read the school paper that Charlie is writing and then the next thing, when you go and talk to Charlie, Nancy can give him the diskette back. And he's appreciative. But he never asks, where did you find this? Why are you giving this back to me? And in the end, I don't think it's ever resolved that Charlie was living there. Like, I don't think it's ever mentioned. Yeah. I think there was, it was mentioned in the It's Lock podcast, too. They were like, doesn't anything, like, anyone realize Charlie's living there? Yeah. Like, what's happening? Yeah. Like, at least from the areas of the house that we can see, there's no bathroom close. Don't think there's a bathroom in the basement. There's so no bathroom. There's no bathroom at all, I don't think, in the building. At least that we're shown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, how how's he taking a shower? Is he going somewhere else for that? Where is he going to the bathroom? How's he eating? I mean, I saw takeout, but I mean, takeout, you know, you buy takeout all week. That money adds up. He can't be getting good, good money from Rose because, I mean, she already put her whole life savings into buying the house, not counting doing the renovations. So I just have questions. But yeah. 
you know, whatever. And this is another, like, going back to my point from earlier, where do all these extra doors lead on the first floor and in the in the dining room? Yeah, that's what I want to know, too. I because wish you could explore more. So my thinking was that, like, there's in the dining room, there's the double doors that we go in and out of, like, every time. Then there's the extra set of double doors. So I'm thinking that could have been leading to the kitchen. Right. Potentially. Mm-hmm. And then... Like, what other rooms are there in a bed and breakfast? Besides the bedrooms, kitchen, dining room, parlor? There has to be a bathroom. I would assume more than one bathroom. Yeah. And then... There's got to be a place to do laundry. It's not going to be in the basement, because the basement in this place is a saloon. You're not going to have a washer and dryer down there that doesn't fit the same aesthetic. So there has to be a laundry room somewhere. Because there was, like, what, how many doors? Six? Five? Five or six. I would also think there would probably be more than one parlor. Like, there would be another sitting room, I would think. Yeah. And then where where does that door lead to that's behind the scaffolding? Unless that's just, like, where the... Like, the staff go in there for, like, paperwork or something? Maybe. Like, the office? I don't know. That could be, like, an office kind of area. Because, I mean, you know, the area that Rose was calling Command Central or whatever, where people had their hours posted and where she was sitting, that was very clearly a dining room and not an office. So, I think it probably would make sense that in that area where the scaffolding is, that would be an office area. You could do, like, the administrative paying bills, that kind of thing in that kind of area. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Another thing that I found that you don't necessarily have to do, but when you have the screwdriver, if you go upstairs in the hallway, you can see one of the like vents in the bottom part of the wall and you can get the screws off and find a speaker. Did you know that? I did that. Okay. I didn't always know that once again, showing that, you know, my first through first few uh, run throughs of this game were um, lacking a little bit, but I eventually found it. So that was one thing that I did. Um, I enjoyed having the ability once I found all of the uh, supernatural like speakers and all that kind of gear and stuff downstairs. I loved having the opportunity to call Abby out on it. Yep. But I see where she's coming from, that it can be like their kind of edge as far as getting people to stay that, you know, she does this kind of seance and that, you know, there are rumors that it's haunted and whatever. So I kind of, I understand where she's coming from as far as that um, and using it as like an entertainment factor. Um But I mean, then again, if you have people that are like really super serious into the paranormal and they find out that it's faked, I can see how those kind of people would be angry by that. So I I see both sides of the coin, I guess. Um, So I think at this point is when I go back downstairs and there's a fire in the parlor. Yeah. Um, Despite the fact that the fireplace is never lit. Yeah. But, okay. Um, 
Did you look in the box after you put the fire out? Yeah. Okay. Did you notice that if you are in the parlor and you look at that desk and you pulled out one of the top drawers in the desk, there were handwritten letters in there when you first looked in the beginning part of the game, but then after the fire, if you go back to that um, drawer, those letters are gone? I actually didn't do that this time. Okay, that was another thing that I didn't realize until very recently, um, that actually those papers that were, you know, the old historical papers were not actually burned. It was just random other letters that were burned. And so someone, we'll get to that, but someone stole those historical papers. Yep. Shameful. Um, let's see. Oh, at this point, um, I go into the library and uh, Lewis isn't there, but I hear him coming. And so I hide in the wall. Um, and this after, you get the whole, after you get the stuff done on the fireplace, correct. The, um, I guess you could call um, them tiles. Yeah. The tiles, mosaic tiles or whatever. Um, yeah. You open that, um, secret compartment that is behind like a bookshelf and then you can go through that and look, um, through like a peephole, I guess. Um, and Lewis is in there and he finds a book. And it has some kind of important information because he's like, aha, there's where it is. Uh, that's it. And he takes that book and puts it in his briefcase. Rude. Not your book. Not your library. You're stealing. Okay. Stealing is bad. Um, and then Rose hollers at him. And so he leaves. And so we're able to, you know, uh, escape from where we were watching him and this is when you come across the book that says um, gumbo foo so now we need to figure out what in the world that means yeah so um, at this point I hadn't done a whole whole lot of talking on the phone but I went ahead since I was near that area I went into the parlor and started calling people on the phone which was when I called Emily Foxworth um, and learned you know her photojournalism and her recent assignments that she was on and um, she says to ask other people what they think gumbo foo means but that in the meantime she was going to do research to find out what it meant too because um, she didn't know um, and then, so I started asking everyone and eventually then I find the note um, from Emily that says that gumbo foo means gold treasure mansion. Um, then we get the note that says leave the mansion now gets stuck underneath Nancy's bedroom door, and then that person runs away before you can open the door, conveniently. Um, and then I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I needed to do. Oh, it was around this time, I think, that I um, went into Abby's room and snooped, and I found more of the sound effects and things um, in her room. I love her room, though, the way it's decorated. I think it's so cool. Um... 
am I missing anything or am I getting close to end game? I think it was close to the end game because this was, I think, when Rose said that they were leaving for that winter festival and that she was taking down the tapestry in my room for cleaning. And then that was when that animal puzzle is exposed. Yeah. The zodiac or whatever puzzle. Um, so open that, open the safe, and then we get to my least favorite puzzle which was the freaking phoenix sliding puzzle which oh. i swear to god takes me minimum 25 minutes maybe that I'm, one took me a while maybe i'm just dumb and i'm bad at these slider puzzles i don't know but i swear it took me all of at least 20 minutes yeah it probably took me almost that same amount of time. Yeah, like maybe I'm just like, not good at them, or there's like a trick that I'm just not aware of. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, it took me some time. Um, but finally get that done, um, and we get. I guess it's a like a ruby. Yeah, I guess because it's a redstone. Um, and so we take that downstairs and, um, the Phoenix heads on the, um, banisters of the stairwell, one of them's missing the eye. And so we put the Ruby in the eye socket and that's what sets everything else into motion. <clears throat> the sun starts shining in and creates rainbows in the floor, which then shines down into the Phoenix design on the wooden floor. And we use the crowbar and there's gold. And then of course, the next thing we know, Nancy gets knocked out. You hear giggling in the background and it's very obvious who it is. So spoiler yeah. alert, it's Lewis. The bad guy is Lewis. Yes. Um, so he is, you know, Nancy's coming too. He's crouched down on the floor with a bag, uh, putting the, pieces of gold in the bag and he's going to take off. Um, we got to do something to stop him. So we go up, you have to make a decision which side of the stairs you're going to go up. Key point here, everyone is being one part of the staircase is quiet. The other half is squeaky. Yes. So <laughs> go up the side that squeaks. He catches you. He runs away. You lose the game. Um, you go up the stairs that doesn't make any noise and then you loosen the chandelier and it falls and somehow doesn't kill him. The, another good point from the It's Locked podcast, Emily and Caroline. Um, I'm pretty sure that a chandelier that big, not only is it going to be destroyed because you dropped it from a high place, but I couldn't imagine being pinned underneath it and not being hurt. Like, Okay, I guess just gravity works different in the Nancy Drew games. I don't know. But, like, even in one of my notes I put down, how did Lewis not get seriously hurt or killed? Yeah. From the chandelier dropping on him. Yeah. And also, I would just like to mention, Lewis Chandler, loose chandelier. It was a match made yeah. to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and that's it. So that was um, my gameplay. Um, as we always say, 
uh, you know, everyone's gameplay is different. This is just one or two different ways that you can play the game. Um, but let me get to, um, as you all know, some of my favorite portions of um, talking about these games. Um, the death scenarios. Ugh, I actually, I was proud of myself. I actually didn't die this time. I didn't either, surprisingly. <laughs> Pat myself on the back for a good job. Um, so here is a list, and if I miss any of them, you know, you all tell me, let me know. Um, so one of the ways is uh, when you go into, like, underneath the fireplace in the basement, if you don't have that lantern, um, Nancy does not have the ability to feel her way around, and she will fall through the hole, and it sounds like she hits water when she what? falls through. So. Yeah, you can die doing that. Um, if you don't extinguish the fire in the parlor quick enough, um, like the whole place will catch on fire. Huh? Um, if before the end game, you loosen the chandelier and it falls and breaks, you'll have to second chance it. Um, if you get caught snooping, as in if you get caught in Abby's room and it's after 6 p.m. or right at 6 p.m. when she comes back, you can um, have to second chance it from that. Or if you get caught going through Lewis's briefcase, um, you can get a second chance for that. Um, if you, uh, when you ask him about the gumbo foo, if you choose the wrong answer, um, you can uh, die, using air quotes, die from that. Um, you have to tell him that you read it in a magazine. Um, and he's still kind of suspicious, but he answers anyway. If you tell him the other answer, which was that you read it in a book, then he automatically accuses you of going through his stuff um, and Rose kicks you out. Which had happened to me before. Um, and then uh, if you um, go up the wrong staircase when Lewis is putting the gold in his bag and he hears you, then he takes off. So um, let's see. Um, this is in interesting. Um, There's an Easter egg section on this website, which this website is, I'm going to butcher this, antonel.org. Um, there's an Easter egg section. It says, um, after putting the gem in the phoenix's eye, instead of opening the treasure panel, if you go upstairs first, you can witness a few strange occurrences. I've never done any of this, so I'm intrigued. Open a small trunk in the attic will give you a brief image of a woman's face, sounds terrifying, and the sound of a chicken clucking. Walking into the library and answering the phone, you will hear an unintelligible mumbling voice. And descending the stairs back towards the treasure, you can also hear ghostly laughter. Um, there was also a newspaper clipping referring to Rick Arlen and the events of the previous game, Stay Tuned for Danger. And on Rose's desk can be seen the obligatory her interactive coffee mug. Um, 
Abby had Hotchkiss's jacket. Yes, she did. I knew that. Um, Oh, this is a a list of the haunting occurrences you can encounter. I already tell some of these I've never done. Um, Abby seance, staged by Abby. You can find the smoke machine projector and seance tape under the table afterwards. Talked about that. Uh, sound of a woman crying and other spooky noises in the hallway done by Abby. You could find a speaker hidden in the vent with the same sounds recorded in Abby's room. Found that. Uh, phone call to Nancy, the spooky sound effect also done by Abby. The sound is also on her recording machine. Did that. Ghostly figure in the mirror in the hall done by Abby. The trick mirror leads into her room and it's the same projection she used for the seance. Saw that. Uh, dead flowers in the parlor done by Abby who has a stash of dead flowers in her trunk saw that a uh, spooky sound near the violin in the parlor done by abby the sound is also on her recording machine though it's unclear how she projected it into the parlor um the mysterious fire started by lewis who has matches in his briefcase and admits he was the one who cast suspicion on charlie by taking away the fireplace grate uh slamming the door as you start up the stairs from the saloon it even happens when Charlie and Abby are at the winter um, festival. Candles in Rose's room mysteriously blowing out and or lighting on their own. I don't remember seeing that. Um, oh, and then the one that we mentioned before, the wooden dragon in the parlor uncurling its neck to look at you. Not clear how anyone could have done that. I don't know about you, but the dragon in Nancy's room, like on the mantle, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the dragon from Blackmore Manor. Yep. <laughs> Just yep. the look of it. Yep, I agree with that. 100%. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's basically the game. Um, I, despite the fact that this is one of the earlier games, I do rate this game pretty high, um, basically for subject matter. Love that it's in a bed and breakfast. Love that there's a paranormal element, even though it's all very clearly faked. Um, Still really enjoy that and think that that is a good selling point for a bed and breakfast. Um, The location is good. Um, Wish there could have been a little more snooping. Yeah. Wish the game could have been a little bit longer. Yeah. Outdoor location would be nice. But other than that, I mean, I, I rate this game pretty highly. Me too. I'd say probably a 7 or an 8 out of 10. Yeah, especially for an early game, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like this is just, they're setting it up for, like, a home run. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I just, I feel like the games just continuously get better from this point. Um, up until a point. Up until a certain point, yes. <laughs> and we'll get into that later. Yes, as we get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, solid game. I think it's sold pretty well. I think the reviews are pretty good for it. Um, it's one that I really enjoy coming back to after a while. Um, I feel like I need minimal help with it because I, I have a pretty good uh, memory of pretty much everything that happens and where things are. Um, so that makes it a little bit easier too. Uh, if I want just a game, like a good game that I can just sit and just play, not have to worry about looking anything up. 
or anything like that. Um, but yeah, this this is a good one for me, at least. For me, when I found the jewel for the eye for the banister, mm-hmm. I'm like, I was, I kept trying to put it in. I'm like, why the heck is this thing not going? Come on, go in. And then I realized, I checked the time. I'm like, it, it's eight o'clock at night. It's not going to work. No. <laughs> so then I had to change the day to the next day. And then I tried it. It's like, okay, now it works. <laughs> yeah. Is it a certain time or is it just any time in the afternoon? I did it around four o'clock. I think I did it around four o'clock too. Cause I wasn't sure if it had to be four o'clock when I was playing it, four o'clock stuck out in my brain. So it's like, maybe, maybe I was just, four. Maybe it's just because of like the angle of the sun. Maybe. Yeah. That could be it. Yeah. That could be it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the game. Yeah. We did have one comment on Instagram where okay. um, lover of fandoms and musicals 745 just did the clapping emoji. Yes, I feel like I see um, that person post a lot and react a lot to our posts. Um, so super appreciative of that. Um, is that I thought I saw something else. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. I'm going to look really fast sworn that there was something else um maybe not yeah i guess that was it um i will uh i would like to mention that um for all of our listeners that uh listen to the episode that we did with nancy drew walkthroughs um hugh great guy Love talking to him. We had a great time on the podcast. He just posted another um, YouTube video, a third version of question and answers. And he actually gave us a shout out, which was super nice. I did not watch that or listen to it. (laughs) I listened to the first part of the video. Um, I think it's like 17-ish minutes. Um, I got the notification on my phone. uh, I think it was today that it was posted. Monday um and thought I would just check it out because I was like ah I know Hugh great guy see what he's up to and um someone I think the question was um what book would he want turned into a game if he could and he had said that he'd only read a few books including the one that we talked about on the podcast and then he mentioned us and he linked us in the description of his video which was super sweet oh wow yeah so thank you again for that Hugh we really appreciate it and at some point we'd like to have you back on um, for another book discussion or a game you know however it may fall Um, because actually that kind of leads us into a good spot that um, we will be reading a book next week but then what are we doing after that Alexa we are going to talk about the game number 33 midnight in salem correct and then and and with that midnight in salem we will have another very special guest yes we will but it's secret so you you have time to to think of who that might be um and then 
after that week, we're switching gears again. And we'll Going be talking in. about the show again. We're jumping all the way back in our time machine to season one. <laughs> yes. I mean, it feels like forever ago and it kind of was forever ago, but I'm excited to revisit it because I haven't actually rewatched any of the show. Um, but I think I'm far enough removed from it that it's time. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I'm super excited because I've only watched every episode once. So, yeah, yeah I'm uh, super excited to uh, get back into that because I feel like I forgot a lot of stuff. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, um, got that to look forward to. Super excited. Um, I will be posting updates hopefully weekly, like of the schedule. So join along with us. Yeah, because there'll be all kinds of stuff in the mix. So looking yeah. forward to that. Um, I think that's everything that I have. I think that's, that's everything you have. It's everything from me. Okay. Well, I will lead us on out then. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of River Heights Buzz podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at River Heights Buzz. You can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com. You can find us in our Facebook group, or you can even find us on Twitter. Um, Check us out next week as we dive into Nancy Drew book number 52, The Secret of the Forgotten City. See you next week, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye.